Art Talk, a place where artists talk about art things and stuff about creativity to help you do art stuff too. Yo, 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 yo. Mitchie. Hello, mate. I think we're on. Hello. Yep, we are. Welcome back. Oh, good. Flowing straight into it, as we always do. <laughs> I've got a few things that we can talk about to start off with. Got a little list on my phone. Sure. First thing is we've broken a thousand listens on our podcast. <laughs> Can you believe that? No, I can't. Yeah, a thousand people have tuned in to listen to this. No, I can't, but I'm not surprised by the amount of people that have personally reached out to myself and from what I've heard you as well. I think the biggest comment that I've had from everyone is that it's an easy listen. There's no ego there, you know, it's all just, it's it's real. And I think it's cleansing for people to just hear how down to earth, not only we are around what we're doing, but it's just like what we're trying to share with people, you know, like it's as easy as that. Yeah, there's nothing bad to take away. And I know that we really care and we just want to just help other people and share our mistakes and wins and, mm-hmm. and try and help people come along their journey with that. And the coolest thing for me so far is, in the Am I an Artist episode, I talked about part of my resistance was these people that I was scared of. And it just revalidated it because one of the guys that I spoke to, one of my best mates, who was part of that story that I shared on there, messaged me straight after that episode and was like, man, the podcast has sounded so good. And it was just like revalidation of everything that I was talking about. So, I'm just, I'm personally loving this whole journey, man. Imagine if we didn't do it. Yeah, well... I know. Do you remember the first conversation that we had and we were like, hey, let's do this? I think you might have been talking about your previous podcast. And I was like, as I said to you, I'd always had resistance around having my own podcast platform, mainly because it seemed like the cliche thing to do. Yeah. But once I actually broke through that and realized the purpose behind it and how it could be beneficial to people who are in that industry looking to progress. Yeah. That's when I was like, hang on, there might be something valid here for others to take away from it. I think when I made it less about myself, it was valuable. Yeah. And if we hadn't have started, then we would, yeah, it just would be nothing. Crazy. That's the the lesson for me out of this is just start. I I would say my journey in the last couple of years, because actually something I'll share, because it's cool, is I've, I've started sketching. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. How good. And I'm, I'm loving it. You got yourself an iPad. I've got myself an Procreate. iPad. I've put something on Instagram. I've put a few on Instagram already. Like, And so, my point is I'm trying to make here is like, I would say the skill that I've worked on in the last five years or something was the skill of learning how to learn things. Mm-hmm. And so, now, like, I'm really confident to just start things. Once upon a time, it was all of this creative resistance. That was my narrative like three years ago was like resistance this, resistance that. And everything was always worrying about not being good enough or or putting Mm. stuff out there. And then I worked on the skill of learning how to learn. And now like I've started sketching and I'm, I'm just enjoying it because all of that stuff's I've just started. And that's the best thing to do. Yeah. I think people like you and myself, we want to give 100% at everything we do. And when we start something new and realize we're not great at it, yes. we're too easy to throw it away and just go, oh, fuck, it's going to take me too long. But that's a game you can't win. Because- it is. It is. And once you realize that, though, that's when the fun will happen. Because like you have, I'm not sure what your purpose is behind creating art, whether it's something that you want to slowly build up and then be able to sell or you're just doing it as a form of expression. But more people need to understand that you don't need to create with intent. The, yeah. the, the intention can be just to simply create and express. It doesn't need to be something that I remember being a kid and like using a rubber and, and before I could even get anything on the page, I'd rub the 
piece of paper so hard that it was that scuffled up and just smashed together because yeah. I was frustrated because because what I wanted to create had to be good. Yeah. You know, and nowadays I kind of teach kids we don't use rubbers. Like the first thing they say in a workshop is, so, can, Mitch, can I get a rubber? I'm like, sorry, mate, we don't use rubbers. What we do is we just sketch lightly yeah. and teach them a different practice because it then you can see the progression on the page. The thing with a rubber is you rub out all your mistakes and finally, at the end of the day, you'll finish the artwork, but you've got nothing to show for it. All you yeah. see is what you've come up with. Yep. It's nice to have those rough sketch lines because it shows the progression of the of the image. Well, I've got a sketchbook now and like I'm taking it everywhere with me and already from the first page to the... T- I'm thinking I'm on like page 25 in like three weeks, you know, and already I'm looking back and seeing that journey. I'm, I'm thinking I want to buy a little treasure chest to put all my sketchbooks mm-hmm. in so I can look back in five years from now and be like... Like a photo album. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then on to go back to what you were saying before, my intent, you know... For me, what I've realized is it's just creativity and my outlook on life is my ability to create and express myself. And so, I'm learning that it's, it's, it, there's no single modality. There's no, it's not sketching. You know, I did this ultimate tag last year and it was like me fulfilling a, a lifelong dream of, of going back on television because of what I did when I was a kid. And it was just another outlet of me being able to express myself. And, you know, the producers of the show, I was, to cut a long story short, I was not meant to be on the series and I got a late minute call to come on and so I was kind of like a b-roll on the show sure and then I got day one into it and they saw what I could do and suddenly my whole schedule changed and I was one of the I was on the advertisements for the the show I was on the bloody billboard and it was because there was this unfulfilled part of me that really wanted to express myself in that way and I was able to and so now being around you for the last three months I've I've the way that my brain thinks is I'm always taking things in. And so, as much as you would know or not, every time we've had those conversations in the car and you're sharing and I'm asking you those questions about how you think about this or how do you do your wave? Like, I take that in. Mm. And I got to the point a couple of weeks ago where I was like, why am I not putting a pen to paper? You know, and I just did that. And now already, like, I've got this sketch that I'm working on right now. We're coming up to the 10 years of, of Farang. And so, like, I'm working. This is the one I'm working on. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's like our shoe it's so and it's got good. legs. And so that's good. my mate Anna and sitting in it. And I'm going to post that on Friday to celebrate the 10 years. And, like, sketching now, it's like I've got all these crazy things in my head that I've never known how to express. And I just close my eyes and I can see it all. And I've finally found a way to show some of that. That's so cool, man. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you inspire me. And I'm Congratulations, just- mate. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have that vision and they close their eyes and they can see it, but they can't articulate that. That was me. That's always been me. Of course. And it just takes time. Like, yeah. start start scrapping. And for anyone out there that is listening and has that same that same issue where they can see the, the visual side of it, but can't get their hands and make it out on the page, just start. Yeah. And it's as it's as simple as it is and I'm sure you'll have fun you'll throw away a few hundred pieces of paper but in the end you'll be smiling Art Talk we talk art here and we create it at MitchRevs.com There's two things I want to talk about from here and I think this goes on to a really important topic and something we wanted to talk about today because last week was Are You OK Day and we want to have a little conversation around art and how that can sort of help with mental health and art therapy and that's the other thing like that's why sketching my video making, all of this stuff, it, it really is my tool of, of 
expressing that then helps me when I'm going through periods of anxiety and it's been a really useful tool. But I want to talk about something quickly before then. And that's just something that we've got going on at the gallery at the moment, which is decked in. Do you want to have a quick chat about that? Yeah. And I guess it, it does tie straight back into that. Like workshops, decked in, Pinot Picasso, they're all created for art therapy and they're a way for, at the end of the day, people to express themselves in any way, shape or form. This school holidays, unfortunately, we are unable to have our workshops played out in, in the gallery due to lockdown. So what we've done is we've come up with an online platform where you're able to basically create from anywhere at any time through an online workshop model, um, which is called Decked Out at Home. So we're actually releasing that this weekend. And yeah, anyone will be able to basically jump onto MitchRevs.com, purchase a decked in kit. And then uh, the following Saturday, I believe it's the 25th, we're going to run a, an hour session via Facebook Live where you can jump on and you can follow one of our professional teachers through an art class and she will give you, Amy will give you a guided session on how to express. Yeah, that's 25th of September for anyone that's listening to this in the far future. But we are hoping to be able to run them more regularly as well. Well, that's the plan, yeah. But there's only so many hours in a day, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's too much shit to do. We're really biting off more than we could chew, aren't we? I do not sleep. I do not sleep. I'm about to sleep less too because... Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, shit. I'm having twins. Yeah, so I uh, announced a couple of days ago that me and my partner, my lovely partner Emily, are expecting twins in February. That is the coolest thing. You're yeah. going to be the best dad. Yeah, thanks, mate. I can see it already. Like and that artwork that you did for the like the announcement. Oh, did you, were people freaking out? Yeah, they were loving it, and I didn't know how people would kind of respond to that. A little bit cheesy, you know, but it's just like. You know, it kind of felt perfect for us. That's how we wanted to announce it. And it was really hard to keep it a secret. I'd obviously told my close friends and family from like that six-week mark. But, you know, until you have that news to share yourself, you don't really understand how much it changes you. And I'm not, I don't want to sit here and talk about me becoming a dad now because for someone that isn't, they just go, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I totally respect that. But um, yeah, I am super excited. And more importantly, just to, you know, teach them my creative ways too. I've never, I've never really thought about having kids that I can potentially have them take over the gallery at some point. You know, all these things that are so far away. Yeah. But like just me personally, I'm very musical as well. Yeah. There was a bit of a fork in the road for me, I'd say around 2012, where I was really into my music. My dad pushed me into a path of playing piano when I was young. Yeah. I always hated it because I thought piano was like something for girls, you know, and I and I could just never see that. I was just like, girl, like girls play piano. And it was probably because a lot of girls were playing piano when I was in primary school and, and I was kind of probably hiding it from all my friends and just dad was sending me and I was like, fuck, if I my mate sees me rocking into a fucking piano tutor, I'm going to get pants. Is that why you started banging the drums? Well, yeah, and, and it was, it was. It was like when I then went from primary school into high school, I was like, I want to play the cool instrument. And for that, for me, that was drums. And I remember my pop bought me an electric drum kit and I used to just smash the fucking shit out of it. I loved it. I yeah. loved everything about it. And that was expression for me too. It was like, I wasn't an angry kid by any means, but I just loved just jamming, you know? It was like punk and it was cool and that yeah. was the instrument, but also like 
piano gave me that ear for music. It allowed me to just have an ear for it. You know, mm. I think if you if you understand piano, you can kind of play anything. And my dad always told me that. But it'd be nice to have, you know, my kids grow up in this in a similar environment, you know, one being a muso and one doing the art thing. I don't know. It's kind of if just a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll let them do whatever they like. Yeah, well, it's really interesting because we're talking a lot about these musical outlets and creativity and, and last week was the Are You OK Day and I think that's something we, we kind of want to brush on and, and the positive impacts that, that art therapy and art can have on mental health. Is, is this something... Like you did a little artwork last year for Are You Okay Day. You support the day. We support the day. Um, Absolutely. I think mental health, it's a very sensitive topic, but it's something that, you know, we all kind of just sweep under the rug. Most of us do. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I've never really been affected with mental health, mm-hmm. which I guess that's a good thing. But I know you've spoken to me about you having like some mental health issues, so I might let you take the leads here. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, it's a bit I mean, sensitive for me to talk talk about that. Right yeah, now. my own personal journey with mental health and anxiety. Yeah, it's been something over the last five years. Probably, I've realised that has impacted my life in a lot of ways, but I never knew until about five years ago what it was, and that's why I really like these days, like Are You Okay Day, where we're we're normalizing, asking people if they're okay. Because I think one of the things that I've experienced and and prior to knowing what was going on was that I didn't know how to ask for help in a healthy way. And that's really scary when you're suffering and you're feeling these feelings of anxiety and you, you sort of recluse and pull yourself away and sometimes find peace in other things that aren't as healthy for you because you want to have those conversations with people but you don't and so you cope with with other ways like alcoholism and, and stuff like that because really what the feeling for me was was not knowing uh, was loneliness you know at times I was traveling and I was away and I was by myself and I know now that it was I was missing my family and I really needed to come home but instead of talking to the people that were close around me and saying, hey, I'm struggling, let's have this conversation. I just went and did these things that that weren't weren't very good for me. And that was my coping mechanism. I guess like you talking about that has made me kind of realise that I probably shouldn't have said that I personally haven't struggled with mental health because it's just a different strain of it. You know, Mm. like thinking about substance abuse and things like that, you only really go down that road if you're trying to, disguise something right Mm. and i think maybe for me too with like i associate mental health with depression Mm. whereas it's it's not Mm. mental health can be as simple as anxiety and anxiety doesn't mean you're depressed yeah anxiety can mean that you're fearful of of a feeling that you then suppress through whatever it is that you do. Mm. And yeah, I've definitely struggled with anxiety, but I don't know why. Mm. And I, I'm not sure if there's an answer for that. I think it, we all have times where we feel uncomfortable, whether that's like, you know, I've got to, I've never been one, I could never go to a festival. And my reasons for that were, it was almost like a claustrophobic feeling being around too many. Yeah. And also festivals generally are away from, a place where you live and I never liked the thought of knowing that I wasn't able to just retreat if I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess in a way that's my little brush that I've had with with that. So, I'll just share a little bit more of my journey. So, I guess where it all started for me, I have suffered from like an OCD 
for since about four years old. So it's like an obsessive compulsive disorder. And for me, it's about sort of, it, it sounds really weird when you say it out loud, but it's really good to try and normalize this because people don't talk about OCD a lot. And for me, it's like balance. So if I touch something with my right hand, there's a impulse that I need to sort of touch it with the other hand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like once again, I had never dug into trying to work out what that was. I was scared. There was a few things that happened when I was young. (laughs) I'll share a story. Go for it, please. This is how you're going to crack up. And I'm happy to talk about it. I got one to jump on the end of it too. So, So go for it. My impulse to balance was so severe at one point in my my teenage years that- (laughs) I literally ran through dog shit one time with my right foot and I had to go back and touch it with my other foot. Real story. Yeah. 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 And we could laugh about it. And but that's how like oh, imp- how crazy fuck. these impulses can be and how real they really are. And so, yeah, it's, it's hectic, man. And I don't know where this OCD came from. The research that I've done usually says some sort of tri- childhood trauma, something that may have happened when I was really young. I'm not sure what the, the key was for me or what, what did it but that's something that i struggled with later on in my teens my mental health started to decline a little bit and then alcohol came into my life and that's where i started to suppress so what's been really useful for me there is one thing that i'd like to share and it's uh, something that people can look into and i am absolutely not an expert at this i'm just sharing the, the knowledge that i've had through my own sort of trying to heal these things there's a model called ifs which is internal family systems which we've spoken about a little bit and Really, the abridged version is that a lot of our emotions inside of us, they're all parts of us and you can have conversations with those parts of you. And so, that's been one sort of tool that I've used to be able to realize that these things that are going on, these negative thoughts, these impulses I have, they're not the whole of me. I'm not like broken because I have OCD. Mm. I'm not broken because I experience anxiety and sometimes depression. That a lot of the times that it's just a part of me that's so I can name it like Mr. Anxiety, Mr. Depression, and I can have a conversation with that part Mm. of me and send it love. And that's what's underneath all of this. It's this self-love and the more that I've grown into using art and using all my modalities to realize that I am enough and that it's not that I'm not enough and that I've learned to love myself and love my good parts and love my bad parts and sort of bring some equilibrium to all of it, the the less I've experienced than these feelings of anxiety in my life. Absolutely, they're still there, but now I've realized it's an everyday process. If I'm waking up and I'm feeling anxious, I'll go and have a conversation with that part of me and be, hey, Mr. Anxious, what's Mm -hmm. going on today? And he'll tell me what's going on. And so, maybe on that day, I need to not pick up my phone, you know, because then I realize there's heaps of triggers. Like some mornings I wake up and I look at my phone the first time, first thing as I wake up, Mr. Anxiety will tell me, hey, man, don't look at your phone, go and get some sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. And that- that has helped me big time with some of the things that I'm struggling with. So, that's internal family systems. As I said, not a health, an expert or a health expert, but it's helped me. And if you're struggling from anxiety and stuff, maybe go have a look at that IFS. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Good information. How does your art talk? Email sean at mitchrevs.com. I think that's really important how a lot of people don't realise how they speak to themselves. Yeah. When you think about a thought, is there a voice connected to that? Yeah. Is it your voice or is it someone else's voice? Because this is a real thing. Like some people don't have an internal dialogue. Like yeah. There's people out there that don't have a voice that speaks. I do. Yeah, I like do. Like if I think a thought. It's my voice. It's me. But I can't work out if it's me or someone yeah, else. Yeah. 
well, I think it's really important, and I've heard that a powerful quote that to like to speak to yourself how you speak to someone you love. Yeah, and a lot of people don't do that. They might hear this voice, and it's got a negative tone. And I think once you connect that, you know, you need to treat yourself like how you would talk to your mum or your mm. dad or your grandparents, and that it could be a simple thing like that that could change and make your whole day. Mm. It's a really good start. Yeah, I, I, I love that quote. I wrote it on a piece of paper and gave it to my mum one year because my mum suffers with mental health and has her whole life. And I guess knowing that she has, I always felt like there was going to be a time and a date on it where it would start affecting me because she was my mum. Mm. So, whether I've just consciously known that and figured out my own way how to deflect these feelings, yeah. I'm not too sure, but definitely a, a topic that should be spoken about more. I just get really uncomfortable speaking about it because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. And I know it's there's like, I constantly feel like I'm tiptoeing around because I don't want to say something that's insensitive. As two guys sitting here as well, there's a lot that comes up for me because- Part of it has been, and this is why I just love, and we'll back it back around to this Are You Okay Day. And I think at the start, it started off as sort of like a men's mental health thing. And I really didn't like that it was only men because we're all struggling. And I think this year, one of the things that I really saw that I hadn't seen in the past was that it seemed everyone was jumping on it. It wasn't just about men's mental health. It was about everyone's mental health. And it really looks like it's got traction and it's, it's taking off. And I'm a big supporter of that. And you did a giveaway for it and it, it was really good. And yeah. just anything that can bring awareness to it. But as a man, what I just love about days like this is it's, it is normalizing, you know, the conversation. And all we can do is we, we're not, you know, one of the reasons there's so much tension for us talking about this is because we're not health professionals and all we can do is share off our own knowledge and but the fact that this tension we're having about talking about it is part of the problem mm. because we have to be able to and what one of the things i really like about you is how open like we've had some tough conversations already in our like you know less than six months that we've been hanging out and you're really open to that and that's as a man it's so comforting to know that i've got other men in my life that i can say hey man like i woke up this morning and I'm not feeling good. And you're like, just talk to me about it. Mm. And that's something I didn't feel when I had OCD as a 15-year-old. And my friends were laughing at me. And I get it. You know, it wasn't just the dog shit thing. It was up, <laughs> But it was other things. And I hid it for so long. And it was part of the suffering that I experienced because of it. It was because I just didn't, at that point, know. And it's this younger generation that we need to really normalize at four because that's where like all this stuff's happening. That's where people are checking out left, right and center when you're hearing about like young, you know, teenagers. Well, it happens in the school. It happens in schools because yeah. they're away from their parents. They're away from the people that are going to say no and they're influenced by the kids that are going to say yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the unfortunate part that it's happening in the schooling system and like that's where all the triggers start. Yeah. And then if we can do things like introduce art as therapy and make it cool- Absolutely. Know, which is why like this giveaway I, I think that you did was cool because it was like are you okay plus it was cool was on a skate deck and mm. then looping it back in and finding ways to to make you know because pop culture is a thing and and no matter how much work we do like school the school system's always going to be a you know the way that structures it there's always going to be the popular kids and there's always mm. going to be the the kids that struggle more. And then there's social s situations like you don't know which kid has a bad family at home that's causing them to act up. Like there's just these variables. So, if we can like popularize it and make this stuff mm. trendy, 
asking are you okay to your mate is like on the right track yeah like hey mate like are you okay and they're like that's a healthy cool conversation are you okay is something that exists in the schooling system Mm. i wonder if like kids in primary school are even sure what mental health is Mm. i don't know Maybe it's something for me to ask Emily. My partner's a teacher, so I'll do my research on that this afternoon. But I've got a quick story that I want to share about OCD because it's something that I definitely have as well. Very minor. Yeah. But one of my friends, I I won't drop any names here, but when we were growing up, we had a a friend's house where we would all leave our surfboards out because he lived quite close to the beach. So, it was that halfway house where we'd all ride our pushies there, lock them in the backyard, grab our boards, go up, come home. He had an outdoor shower. We'd all kind of jump under the hot shower and away we'd go back home. And he had this little OCD thing, which he branded as a touch-touch because for him, it was like he had to touch this thing. Otherwise, he would, for him, it was like, if I don't do this every day, I'll have a shit surf. And yeah, for him, he yeah, was trying yeah. to get on the on the world tour, you know. He was doing the, the pro juniors and it was a serious thing. But us being kids and mates, we just pulled him to shreds about it yeah. every time because we just thought it was funny. We didn't know what OCD was. He didn't know what OCD was. He was just saying, boys, i got to do this. And it's really sad to think back because it frustrated him so bad that I remember one day we made him cry because we kind of bullied him in a way where – he got down to the beach. The surf was pumping. His touch-touch was when we ran out the gate, he had this little metal drain mm. and he had to step on that Yeah. and then to, in order to run, run to the beach. Yeah. And we got to the beach one day and we were all pumped. The surf was cooking and he was like, he was like, fuck, I don't think I stood on the pipe. Yeah, wow. And we were like, mate, you feel like, who cares? And he was like, he started getting really worked up and I wish I could go back now and understand that. But like he went back, he was he was bawling his eyes out crying yeah, because yeah, yeah. We, were, we were tearing treads off him. But he ran back just to do that because in his head, I remember he was like, if I don't do it, I'll, I'll like, I might drown or I'll just won't have a good surf. And it's like, yeah, that's really bad that that's how, that's a feeling that can be associated with mental health. Yeah. And like for him, like, cause I can talk on that. Like it's a feeling of discomfort. Mm. He would have felt out of place in some way until he touched that. And it's like a release. It's like when you have that first drink yes. and you want it and you're like, oh, it's the same mm. thing. And it can just be so intrusive, those thoughts. And it's yeah. not something that goes away, is it? You just learn to deal with it in a different way. I, I have, the IFS model has helped me deal with it because I can have a talk to that part of me mm. now. I can be like, Mr. OCD, what's going on? For me, what I've learned through it is you just have to push through so- after about 30 seconds to a minute, if I hold back from that, you know, impulse, it does go away. But it's that first 30 seconds to a minute, like you can't focus on anything else. And for me, what was really getting distracting was how many, like I was losing an hour a day at some point in like putting that down and then having to go back. But what I had to do was accept it mm-hmm. and that it is a part of me because the more in my my youth that I was trying to like say there's something broken and this is where it all comes back to not being broken and why these conversations are good is the more that I tried to deny it and say, oh, I have this OCD and it means that there's something wrong with my brain, there's something wrong with me, I would then use other mechanisms to cope with it, mm-hmm. which were actually more destructive for myself than- Than the actual yeah. disease itself. And the day that I said to myself, like I almost spun it back around and- like was able to laugh about it with myself and ha- tell the joke about yeah. the shit and laugh about it and then realize that actually it's the reason why I'm 
really fucking good at some things. Yeah, totally. You know, that's the reason why, like, me learning to sketch right now, you're not you going to- obsess over I it. I obsess over it. And mm. so, when I reframed these things and went, hey, actually, some of the things that people love about me- Are a big part of a, this. A big part of mm. this. So, it's this self- It was just self-love for me, man. Crazy. That's what it all came back to at the end. And, and I, yeah, I really like that. That's just me vocalizing that. These are all things that I've done, but now my OCD, you know, it's, it's taken me till 32. And I would say from the last two years, I've dealt with it the best that I ever have. Good on you, man. Yeah. And it's just been self-love really at the end of the day. I'm noticing more and more. I don't know whether it's just because I'm aware of it now, but like it seems that there's more of this happening in children these days. Mm. A big percentage of kids that come to our decked out workshops we get the parents calling ahead going, hey, you know, like Tommy's got autism. It's not visible, but he's got it. And mm. if things don't go his way, he's gonna, shit's going to hit the fan. And do you mind if I stick around? And the answer to that is, no, that's totally fine. If, if you want to be there to comfort your child, no problems. In a, in a way, I like that they let us know beforehand so then we can also facilitate their needs and make sure that they're comfortable. But, yeah, it's crazy to just see the amount of... It just seems like it's it's becoming more and more, and I'd love. To, I guess that's the biggest question: where is it all coming from? Yeah, I mean, I'm. It, it, there's a lot going on in the world right now, and it's a crazy, crazy world that we're living in. But I'm, I'm optimistic. Like I'm an optimist when it comes to humanity and and everything that's going on. And you only look at things like Are You OK Day and and the normalization of of mental health and OCD and all of these things and. I think that it is a testament to these types of days and that we're, we are moving in the right direction. And all we can do is keep having these conversations and keep making it okay that little Tommy that maybe does have autism doesn't feel like he's broken. Mm. And, and the more that we can move into that world, I think the better off we're going to be. Art Talk. We talk art here and we create it at mitchrevs.com. Oh, I'm excited to listen back to this episode. <laughs> Sometimes we get to the end of it, and I'm like, "What are we talking about?" Yeah, but I always learn things from it too. Yeah, you know, me too, man. I feel like this art therapy thing kind of started for me when I started to see like the coloring in books and stuff. You know, that mindfulness. Yeah, and it started with adults like reconnecting back with their youth through coloring in, mm. and then it became this big popular wave that came through, and everyone was doing coloring in books. Well, tell me about your process. We'll, we'll wrap with this. How like because we talk a lot. One of the answer your question: Why is there so much poor mental health coming on now? As I mean, it is like screen time and all these things, these androgynous external devices. Like our brain hasn't evolved in two hundred thousand years, and we're in the last fifteen years. Think about this: We're thirty. You know, we're in our thirties. You remember what it was like not to have a mobile phone? Mm. You know, we've look at my screen time. Some days is four or five hours right now. This can't be good. For our a little brainwashed. Yeah. And so, what does art do for you when you're not on your phone? It's the only thing that I can do where time isn't a thing. Like, I can get so lost in creating and it feels like I've literally blinked and it's been five hours. Yeah. And I can't get that from anything else. I used to be able to get that from surfing. Yeah. But that's kind of changed for me now. And, uh, you know, I, 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 feel like, I feel like I could just completely replace surfing with art and I wouldn't be upset. Whereas if I said that to myself 10 years ago, I'd just be like, you are one crazy man. But I just get so much love out of what I do Mm. and I'm so passionate about it that it's like it is. It's kind of 
means everything to me and it's so soothing and calming and that's why I'm trying to push this on others and let them be a part of it. Yeah. But the frustration comes from people thinking they're not good and that's where we need to change the idea around what the purpose of art is and putting in your 10,000 hours and all those things that like, this shit doesn't happen overnight. But I think, you know, art therapy is is the way of the future. I think artists, there's more and more of them these days. It's, a, it's everywhere. I think more people need to pick up a pen and just start creating freely. I agree. And as someone that's new to the space, it helps. Yeah. I just want to finish this. If there is a circumstance where you're listening to this and you are struggling, just reach out to someone, please. And there are services available. Lifeline is 131114. Just reach out to someone and, and hopefully you can feel better soon. Mm. Awesome. Art Talk with Mitch Revs and Sean Wood. Paying us a five-star review on iTunes.